Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. So, writing in the New York Post, shoplifters must be jailed or our cities will be destroyed. Stores are fleeing New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, and Portland. Cities that soft on crime mayors and district attorneys have made shoplifters paradises. We welcome back Betsy McCoy, New York Post columnist, former New York Lieutenant Governor. Betsy, thank you for doing this. Happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. It's a wonderful day to celebrate those who have shown impossible valor, and I'm glad you started out our segment by remembering them. Yeah, thank you very much. A terrible thing. A terrible thing is happening in our cities, especially in the blue states, where, as you pointed out, state lawmakers are coddling the criminals instead of protecting the rest of us. So you see in cities like New York, San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, Portland, in the blue states, the stores are literally pulling out. What's a city without stores? But they're they're leaving because their profits have been so hard hit by what they politely call shrinkage. It's not shrinkage. This is organized theft. Right. And why won't they um, stop it? Well, all these blue state, blue city, blue state, I mean, the state legislatures are as bad or worse than the local prosecutors. Why won't they do anything? I mean, in a sense, it's just common sense. If they make the argument that, the, that this shoplifting is the result of, po- of poverty, that is totally wrong. Poor people don't steal. Criminals do. And you and I know, because we live in New York City, you go into a drugstore and the guy standing down the aisle has a calculator in his hand. He's shoving the goods off the shelves into a bag, but he's he's keeping track of what they're worth because he has to stay under the $1,000 limit, which is the definition of a felony in New York. So he, he steals $990. If he has more, he puts it back on the shelf because he's going to come back for another haul the next day. And that's what we see in stores. It's very frightening, actually, to be in a store and see this happening because you realize civilization is just crumbling around your feet. And it's no fun to shop. Everything's no now locked shop. up, right? I mean, it's I've seen it. I've done it in, the, in New York City. New York City is not the only place. Uh, it's not near as bad up here in Connecticut, though. So, I mean, it's no fun. They're just wrecking it for everybody. That's right. You go into a store and everything's locked up behind these glass barriers. Right? I, I, I'm brushing my teeth with bubblegum-flavored children's toothpaste <laughs> because I didn't have time to wait to find a clerk to open up the, the glass cabinet for the adult toothpaste. Can you imagine? So I'm reminded every morning how bad it's gotten. Yes. And <laughs> but but, you, but uh, you can blame the the legislatures and Florida has fixed this by the way in Florida they've changed the law so that prosecutors and the and the police are able to aggregate what a criminal steals over a thirty day period and if it hits that felony mark they they hit him with a, a felony and this criminal is jailed but New York and California refuse to pass a law redefining this kind of theft to make it a felony. So every day, if the criminal steals less than a 1000 he's literally out on the street before the cops finish their paperwork. Let me give you a statistic that's staggering. Last year in New York City, 
327 people, according to the NYPD, were responsible for a large part of these thefts. Mm. 327 people who were arrested a total of 6,000 mm. times. <laughs> but they're still all out on the street. And they, they still won't change the law. an hour or so, right? <laughs> and they still won't change the law, right? They keep coming back they and doing it. They still won't change the law, and we've got to put pressure. And here's, here's Eric Adams. Now, uh, admittedly, he's the mayor of New York. He Admittedly, he can only do so much without the cooperation of the legislature. But he's in la-la land. He unveiled a, a proposal last week to stop shoplifting by erecting kiosks mm. in the stores that are hit most often like the Target store on Greenwich Street, which was hit 646 times last year. So he wants to put a kiosk in each of those stores where would-be thieves will go to collect social services instead. What is he thinking? Mm. That's a pipe dream. These people are not stealing because they need diapers for their babies or food for their children. They're stealing because they're crooks, and they're selling the goods online. And I read in the paper in the New York Post this morning, the controller of New York City, another left-wing Democrat, wants to raise taxes. He wants to raise taxes. Now, what is the tax impact of all this shoplifting? Oh, well, first of all, as the stores close, we lose all the, re- all the sales tax. Mm-hmm. It's a big loss for New York, San Francisco, L.A. when these stores pull out. And so how about higher taxes in New York? You're a former lieutenant governor. Isn't well, that just that what the state and city needs? We're losing. We're bleeding taxpayers in New York. We are bleeding taxpayers. They are leaving. They're voting with their feet, going to Florida and other states. The last thing we can afford to do is raise taxes. What we need in New York, pardon me for being blunt, we need law and order. People are afraid to live in New York. They can't do business in New York. The stores are closing. We need law enforcement. Betsy McCoy, it's a great way to end it. (laughs) It's exactly right. Uh, Happy Memorial Day. Thanks for helping us. Talk soon. Thanks, Larry. God bless our troops. God bless our troops. God bless those that gave the ultimate sacrifice to this, the greatest country in the world. Folks, we're going to take a break. Other side of the break, we're going to talk about the economy. Recession and inflation looms large. John Carney and Joe Lavorni will be here to help us out. I'm Kudlow. Please stick around. Lots more to do. The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. Let's have a nice leisurely discussion about the economy. We had a bunch of numbers out this past week. They're not good. Inflation is sticky. Recession looms. Let's talk to our two stars this morning, John Carney, Breitbart News Editor for Economics and Finance, co-author of the Breitbart Business Digest, and Joe Lavornia, who's a former chief economist at the White House National Economic Council and presently chief economist at SMBC Nico Securities. Gentlemen, let's talk. Joe Lavornia, I'm going to start with you. I noticed after these numbers came out on income and spending and durable goods and GDP revisions, blah, blah, blah. The uh, Atlanta Fed GDP tracker is now down to 1.9%. Whoops, it was 2.9. Now it's down to 1.9 for the second quarter. Uh, The first quarter was 1.3. 
What do you make of it, Joe? Everyone's saying about there's a recession, and it's the most widely heralded recession in history. A lot of people think we're going to have a soft landing. I don't know. I have my doubts. I know. What do you think? You, you uh, remember we had the recessionary, uh, re- the inflationary recession in some sense early last year when real GDP declined two quarters in a row, but the labor market didn't soften so effectively. It wasn't a recession by any any uh, basic measure. What's really interesting, uh, we have data now on uh, gross domestic income, and uh, that's where the corporate profits data, one of your favorite series, uh, the mother's milk, of, if you will, as you say, of, of sort of the business cycle. What's interesting about the gross domestic income data, Larry, is if we inflation adjusted with the deflator, we were down 3.2% in the, uh, in the fourth quarter last year and down 2.4% in the first quarter. And what's interesting about that, if you, if you recall, when GDP was negative in the first half of 22, the administration was arguing the income numbers were strong, and that's what mattered. Now what we're seeing is the GDP numbers look okay, not great, okay at best, but the income numbers are negative. So to me, the, the recessionary backdrop, even though it's well advertised, given this Fed and how hawkish it is, we're still going to get one, Larry. Well, I think that, you know, in income terms, we're in a recession. I mean, for yeah. all we know, and it's all said and done, we've had a double-dip recession. The first half of last year was the first dip. Then we had a small comeback, very small comeback. And now we may be heading in, and we may already be in the second leg, John Carney. I mean, it's interesting, these income numbers. But the other stuff is inflation is very sticky, very sticky. I mean, uh, the income, the uh, personal spending and income numbers, let's see, the PCE deflator, 4.4%. Core deflator, excluding food and energy, 4.7%. The median CPI from the Cleveland Fed is still hovering around 7%. I mean, this, this, you know, Joe called it inflationary recession. I mean, I'm inclined to agree with that. John Carney. Hello? Did we lose John? I can hear you, but I don't hear the program. Oh. All right, we're going to work on that. Joe Lavornia, pick up the slack here, because I think inflationary recession is exactly where this economy is. It is, Larry, and inflation is, well, the core rates are sticky. But here's the thing. What the irony is the headline inflation rate, the consumer price index, which to me is the, is the measure we're supposed to look at because we've got data that's going back almost 100 years. Everybody's heard of the consumer price index. That's what sets wage contracts, not this silly PC deflator, which – no one until recently has heard of, and it's an implicit witness <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um, but I digress. If you look at the CPI, the CPI actually got to 9% last year, and it's down to just under 5 I mean, it's still way too high, but it is actually coming down. And if you're worried about inflation expectations, those things are contained. And I'll tell you what, if the Fed continues to uh, – tighten rates or keep rates high, and we continue to strangle the business side of the economy, we'll have a recession, and we won't be, wor- and we won't be worried about prices. We'll be worried about people's jobs. And that's what worries me the most as I look to the next 6 to 12 months. Well, remember, uh, cumulatively speaking, the CPI is up over 15% since Joe Biden uh, came in. I'm measuring this off of February 2021. So that's a big number. And uh, – Let's see, energy up 33%, and food prices, let me look, yeah, food prices for groceries at home, 23%. I mean, those are big numbers, Joe. 
So you're right. The rate of change has slowed. But isn't it kind of moving sideways right now? Isn't that what some of the uh, data showed in this past week? On the core, yes, you're right on the core side. And you're also correct if you look at the working class or blue-collar wages, those real wages have, have declined significantly uh, since 2021, and that's something that's very unusual to kick off a business cycle. And that's, that's one of the reasons why, Larry, I, I just still cannot be positive about the outlook because you have the consumer, which is 70% of the economy, and yet the consumer's living standards are declining, and that's why even though you have an unemployment rate that right now is 3.4%, you've got these historic, historically low and recessionary readings from the, University, from the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment data. So it's a very weird situation, but one I'd argue that really isn't fundamentally healthy. Do you think those um, – did we get uh, Carney in yet? Yes, I'm here, Larry. Uh, All right, go. So, <laughs> so, what the, uh, so I do think that core inflation and any other measure you take of sort of underlying inflationary pressures have been really troubling lately because – Look, we had 10 hikes in a row, including a whole bunch of 75 basis point hikes. And yet what we seem to have done is gotten inflation down from 9% down to 5%, and then we've gotten stuck. Uh, And we haven't really gone anywhere for five or six months now. A lot of that inflation, by the way, was not rate hikes. The deflation we saw, a lot of that was things like clearing up supply chain channels, so we brought it down from that 9% level down to 5 but we haven't made any progress. The Fed, I think, is going to look at that um, out of these last PCE numbers. We'll have one more CPI number before the next meeting. I don't think that's going to be reassuring. And so I think they're going to say, we've got to keep hiking. That doesn't mean they hike in June, but I think they're going to send a definite message that they're going to keep hiking. And I agree with Joe that if they do that, we will end up in a recession eventually. Um, well, it's just not right now. We all thought it was going to happen earlier, and it hasn't occurred yet. Well, again, it may be a double dip. I mean, we don't know that when these numbers the are all. Thing, from I your mean, conversation the other day, Larry, um, uh, where we're seeing, we may be seeing something in which we're seeing parts of the economy boom and right. parts have a recession. A kind of, you know, a recession really happens when all the parts of the economy, the economy sort of fail at once. Mm-hmm. Instead, what we saw was we saw housing go down last year. Manufacturing is going down now. Services have been very good. When that goes down, though, it becomes very hard to maintain the economy growing because it's such a big part of the economy. Joe Lavornia, what do you do uh, with the all the various leading indicators now? You have the index of leading indicators, which uh, you pointed out, 13 straight months. I think you said down 8% against a year ago. Um, But you have the very steeply inverted yield curve. Short rates are a whole lot higher than long rates. And then um, commodity prices have been quite soft, the broad commodity indexes. You know, these are things that typically are leading indicators, they're all pointing towards recession. And Ed Hyman was on the TV show this past week, okay? He's the number one rated economist on Wall Street for four decades. And one of the points he made is that, you know, recessions can follow quarters of growth. You could, you could be growing the economy 
at 2 or 3% for two, three quarters, four quarters. Uh, and then all of a sudden, recession kicks in. And I'm just wondering, Joe Lavornia, whether that isn't the situation we're in today. Larry, we had something similar occur back from 06 to 08 when that also was a very highly anticipated recession. Uh, it was going to be led by housing. Uh, the index of indicators was, was down significantly, but it took almost two years before it peaked and the economy peaked. And I remember in 08, uh, people were saying we weren't going to go into a recession. You know what happened in the second quarter of 08 when we were in what turned out to be the deepest recession since the 30s? The economy grew almost 2.5% in the second quarter of 08. Right. You are exactly right. Uh, Ed is spot on. Uh, this makes forecasting so difficult and the data have limitations. But we very well could be in a recession now. It could be a double dip. But even if the recession hasn't hit and it occurs next year, to have growth uh, in GDP can happen and often does happen. The leading indicators, and that's what I'm focused on, as you said, the leading indicators, the yield curve, commodity prices. I'd also add bank lending standards. All those metrics, Larry, tell us we're going to slow. You know, John Carney, if you step back for a minute, the last um, five quarters have been less than 1% growth. I mean, you kind of smooth out the trend. You know, 2021 was a year of COVID recovery uh, and so forth, and also a year of rising inflation. But the la- you know, all of 2022 and the first quarter of 23, it was less than 1%. I mean, it's a very, very soft economy. People, um, you know, you can focus on monthly data and quarterly data, John Carney, but you may be missing the bigger picture. We're in a slump. However one defines the word slump, we're in a slump. I like the word slump, Larry, because it gets us away from this idea of, like, are we in an official recession? Is the economy contracting? Uh, Another way I look at it is, there's a measure that they put out uh, with the second revision of GDP that's called GDI. That yeah. was negative. Uh, it's, even if you average GDP and GDI together, it has shown it, that average, which is what some economists do to try to you know, get through the confusing data, uh, that average has been negative for four out of the last five quarters. So that's a slump, right? Whether it counts as a recession, and look, that, that also helps explain why you have things like very low unemployment rates, but, you know, almost, you know, we, we have now erased half the gains from the from last summer mm-hmm. in consumer sentiment where, you know, which was the, where we hit the lowest level ever. Uh, so we are, by most definitions, in a very bad economy, which is, is, makes it bizarre that the Biden administration keeps saying it's great. Uh, but <laughs> that that doesn't mean we're, you know, like, so, so I think that's actually more useful than, you know, debating over the technicalities doesn't count as a recession. Who cares? It's well, a bad that was, economy. Joe Lavorni was talking about uh, about the income numbers falling. Look, Biden is bragging. No one's told him that it's a soft economy. He yeah. doesn't know. No Someone's got to tell him. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break, uh, come back and talk about Fed policy and whether this um, debt ceiling thing has any impact on the economy. We've got John Carney of Breitbart. We've got Joe Lavornia of SNBC Nico Securities. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Larry Kudlow.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.